Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by a comic shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Welcome to Nerdy Show, a weekly podcast dedicated to every facet of nerddom, from comics and video games to science and technology. If it's geeky, we've got it covered. Hi, I'm Cap. Hey, I'm Doug. And I'm Tony. And this is a Nerdy Show community update. We haven't done one of these since January. Hmm. That's fine. That means everything's been going according to plan. It Does just it? <laughs> for, for, for the mo- that just for means the, that now, part. now it isn't, kind of. Yeah, that's right. It isn't kind of. Everything's actually going according to plan. But the microsode that I'd planned on release today, well, didn't happen because it was contingent on me finishing the most recent DLC of Fallout, which and is, I didn't do it. Because that's contingent on you having time. Which I don't <laughs> because of good things that we're going to talk about on this episode. But this is definitely us stalling for time. But don't worry. We're going to make it worth your while. We're going to have a good time. We're going to talk about some stuff. We're going to give some updates for your favorite three Lightning Dogs creators. And, oh, wait, I just mentioned something. Oh, you've, you've said too much. <laughs> oh, the cat's out of the bag because it was chased by a dog. It's <laughs> charged with lightning. We are but days away from Dogtober, guys. Mm-hmm. Dogtober is, of course, the traditional month of celebration for the lightning dogs. <laughs> Hashtag Dogtober. Hashtag Dogtober. Hashtag pound sign howl noise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Dogtober is <laughs> the month in which the lightning dogs are going to launch as a standalone podcast. Lightning Dogs are a project that we've been working on since 2013 when we accidentally came up with them during Nerdy Show episode 123. We were talking about the demise of Young Justice and uh, Tron Uprising and then uh, accidentally created... A show that is better than both of those things combined. Whoa. Whoa, that's big talk. It's okay. We've got a big dog. <laughs> Beast Town, baby. Um, <laughs> shoots lasers out of his fucking eyes. It's a, we, we accidentally created the premise for a show that's like all of our favorite aspects of 80s and 90s action cartoons and B-movies and sci-fi rolled into one glorious post-apocalyptic anthropomorphic dog action cereal. Not cereal cereal, but maybe someday an actual breakfast cereal as I would well. absolutely. What would you call that? That is, that is a good question. Um, Paw Puffs? No, nah, it's too gross. <laughs> Oat bones. Uh, maybe. No, it needs no, no. something. Lightning something. Lightning yeah, puffs. It's got to have something to do with bacon. No, don't, don't put bacon in the, in the yeah, cereal. Yeah, it could be a maple bacon cereal, but hey, the, the, the fans don't even know why why, uh, why important. bacon is important. But so they will soon. They will soon, but I guess because I don't know how soon, quite frankly. This is just, just spoiler alert the lightning dog's food of choice, like the Ninja Turtles have pizza, it's a bacon double cheeseburger. So sponsorship from Wendy's incoming. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so lightning dogs, we've been working on it a long time and we, uh, we can't wait to share it with you guys. Y- yeah. Now 
we're literally spoiling stuff. So it's like, keep, keep, <laughs> that's keep. how much we can't wait. <laughs> we don't have a release date. We just know it's coming out sometime this month. It's contingent on me doing a lot of work, all of us doing a lot of work. So we have set the, the, bar, the bar of before Halloween. Yeah, it's coming out on or before Halloween. <laughs> and we will, we will let you know when we actually have a date for this. So save the date, RSVP. Uh, let but, us know how many, or are you going to be having the chicken or the sea bass? But here's here's what it is, though, because this is Lightning Dogs is a standalone podcast. When last we had an episode of Lightning Dogs, which formerly were episodes of Nerdy Show, where we just happened to talk about nothing but Lightning Dogs, what we said we were doing was we were going to stop talking about all of our behind-the-scenes stuff. Behind stuff, and we were just going to release it as audio dramas. We kept recording all of our behind-the-scenes stuff the whole time because the, the show was created on the air. We conceptualized everything on the air. We didn't want to stop recording all that. But then we realized just how much harder launching it as an audio drama was going to be. And how much time it had already taken. Yeah, so we were like, you know, everybody loved the behind-the-scenes show. We're assholes for taking it away, really. That was a terrible move on our part. So what we're Bad launching dog. is Lightning Dogs, the official podcast PAW guys, because that's because Tony. Because let's let's be fair, because Tony. <laughs> and it is the continuation of our behind the scenes discussions as we create the world of Lightning Dogs, and then also as we find direction for where we want to take this project. The ultimate goal being someday this will be an animated series, but we don't know how and we don't know where. Someday these paw prints will come. It was reaching, Tony. That was really reaching. You've been on a roll, but I think you... (laughs) you, Was I barking up the wrong tree there? You were. I think that roll's got to roll over. (laughs) So at some point this Sometimes the jokes are rough, guys. We're going to be relaunching Lightning Dogs, so we're going to have our original seven episodes of Lightning Dogs in a brand new format, as well as an all-new eighth episode of Lightning Dogs with new episodes coming out every other week. And also at the launch of this, we're going to have a Patreon. Lightning Dogs has basically become expensive enough in the development of an actual property that, that we kind of need it. Yeah. So more on that later. I don't want to say too much because, you know, if we got you excited and then you couldn't do anything about it, well, what good is that? But stay tuned for... We don't need to give you blue balls only to go and neuter you. Oof. That's, that's a terrible, terrible imagery, feeling, everything that you've conjured there. I need to be in a cone of shame. Which goes along with neutering. Just say, we don't want to put you in the cone of shame. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I have only met you, and I love you. That's, so that's that, that's and that, that is exciting. And that's the big thing we're working on. And hopefully, we'll have a microsode where myself and John West will be talking about Fallout 4 and kind of a post-mortem of Fallout 4 now that all the components of it have been released. And that, that was what I hoped to be doing this week and failed to do. So what are you going to be talking about Fallout 4? Oh... Oh, no. Another thing that is running a bit late is Nerdy Show Book Club because I haven't finished the book yet. I ordered... Hold on. What? I know. Well, that... What? Yeah, uh... I expect this from Brandon Cap. No, Brandon and Denick are very irate with me right now. No, I believe that. But I expect this from hey, but, Brandon. But, 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 who proclaims but... to this day that he doesn't read. Colin also didn't finish the book. And it's not because it's a bad book. It's a really good book. This this Nerdy what? Show... This, it's been a It's been a busy summer. This Nerdy Show Book Club episode, we're going to our read-along book is Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood. Yeah, The Handmaid Tale. And it's really good. But the book, when I left in July for all my travels in the Southwest, it came the day after I left. 
So I didn't get to read it on the plane, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I, it's been it's been a thing. Book Club's coming out real soon. Just It should be coming out probably now. And it's going to be coming out just a little bit after now, but not... The not, then now. Yeah. Not the now now. Not like any of the delays that it has undergone in the past. Nothing like that. It's entirely my fault. And it's entirely... If, if it was up to editing the episode, we'd be fine. It's a matter of recording the episode. I am, I am still beside myself that you and Colin, the most voracious readers with the exception of Denica out of the bunch, are the bottleneck here. We're not proud. We're very sad, in fact. We don't want to let anybody down. And uh, like I said, Brandon Denica are kind of pissed at us. So <laughs> I can just hear Brandon now. You mean you made me read? It was basically that. <laughs> so it's coming It's coming real soon. Uh, it's he could have been staring at birds. He could have. He could have been. However, however, we do have something that is on time, and that is that we just put out an episode of State of the Empire, and we have another episode of State of the Empire coming out next week for Force Friday, or it's Force Fridays this week, and then next week is what we discovered from Force Friday. (laughs) All I know is that you guys have told me you told a lot of Star Wars puns, and I felt a great disturbance in the Force when you did that, Mm -hmm. and I was so proud. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> we actually didn't even plan for you to be here tonight you just kind of wandered in because you could smell the puns you could feel it sense it <laughs> yes he's pun sensitive yes <laughs> let the puns flow through you so if you if you aren't subscribed to state of the empire you totally should be subscribed to state of the empire and that reminds me this upcoming book club will be the first book club that is going to be exclusively on the nerdy show book club feed so if you love Nerdy Show Book Club and you want more Nerdy Show Book Club and you are not subscribed to our feed that's every, literally everything we put out, then you're going to want to subscribe to Nerdy Show Book Club's independent feed. Good idea is what we're saying if you like that content. So get it. Though it's been a busy time, I've had some fun. For example, last night I got to see the Bad Robot remastering of Phantasm. Oh, how, how was that? It? It was glorious. The same great, campy, surreal, late 70s film that I love dearly, restored to a level of pristine quality it could have been shot yesterday. Wow. Um, is, that because, is that because J.J. is a big fan of uh, Phantasm? J.J. Abrams is a huge fan of Phantasm. Why do you he, think Captain Phasma? Oh, I know, but I'm like the whole reason that they did this crazy he, restoration. He called up Don Coscarelli and he said, hey, can we remaster this? And they were like, all right. So I assume I it's, guess we'll take some more money when you. <laughs> I assume it's destined for a, a commercial 4K release at some point in the near future, but it apparently is doing sort of a, a tour of art house theaters. So I was able to see it, and on October 8th, the day I've waited for for so many years will finally have arrived. I will see Phantasm Five Ravager, the final installment in the Phantasm series. I don't know how many years it's been since Phantasm 4, but that came out in the mid-90s. So I cannot wait. It's going to be so good. It's like 20 years ago. Yeah, it's like that. It might be exactly that. <laughs> wow. This movie's been almost going to happen for 20 years. I but now it has happened. Now it has happened, and it's the last movie that Angus Scrim, a.k.a. The Tall Man, ever starred in. I'm so glad it's the last one, so they won't have to explain how their primary adversary disappeared or turned into CGI. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's weird he just all of a sudden became wireframes <laughs> if you haven't che- ever seen phantasm um like me it's me. uh <laughs> you, you guys have never seen it 
No, no. and you've always given me oh. that same look, and I'm just like, oh my god, is it really that surprising that I haven't seen this 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 weird movie that that <laughs> certain people obsess over, but no one else really seems to care about? It's so good, you guys. It's never in any to list fair, of there top were... 50 horror films. <laughs> Those <laughs> lists are wrong. <laughs> and I will say, there were enough of them that clearly they made four sequels, one of which that just happened to take 20 years to come four out. Four sequels, right. all directed and written by the same guy, all starring, for the most part, with the exception of Phantasm 2, the same people. That's a heck of an achievement. It really is. It just means that he really has a lot of passion for this project. I'll caution you going into Phantasm. <laughs> Everything's a good sign. <laughs> Be ready. It's super campy at times. There's some hilariously bad line delivery in the first film, but it is a unique, dreamlike, surreal horror experience where nothing is ever what it seems, and every film tends to end on some insane cliffhanger as though Don Coscarelli, the writer-director, is challenging himself to fucking continue this, make sense of this, try and fix this. And then he's the one who has to come back and write and direct it. So exactly. He's essentially saying this to his future self. Exactly. And I just picture him now sitting there going, watching the end of the last film and going, what the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> Does he reluctantly come back to do each installment? Or is it like an artistic <laughs> challenge? Well, I guess nobody else was able to make sense of what I did, so I got to sit here untangling the fucking Christmas lights that were at the end of my last movie. It's a lot of fun, and for me, the first Phantasm was so influential, it jump-started my own first major film project in high school. It was a super, super, super influential for me. Mm. Well, so. I, am, I am glad that you have had those experiences. Thank you. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm, I, I'm sorry. I can't relate to it more directly. We got clearly. We're, we've been doing a lot of things with Lightning Dogs, where we've, we've all watched films, and I can imagine how Phantasm could inspire something for Lightning Dogs. It wouldn't necessarily be on my short list of here's things we should watch because we'll definitely get something out of it for Lightning Dogs. But clearly, I always am looking for an excuse to watch Phantasm again, so we probably should do that. Oh wait, let's wait the, for the 4K the, yeah, release. Yeah. yeah. Well, further than I've got to get a TV that can actually play 4K. We don't have to. Either way, it'll be just a nice, clean copy. That's all we really need. Because you said it looks like it could have been shot yesterday. Let's yeah. wait for that one yeah. so that we can appreciate and the then, camp. And, and then if we, if we go to Phantasm 2, you'll be like, what the fuck is this shit? It looks like garbage. <laughs> <laughs> we might do but, that anyway. But it, has a, Doug... it has a quad shotgun, you guys. You don't see the quad shotgun until Phantasm 2. Or if you play the game Bulletstorm. Which I'm certain must have gotten it from Phantasm because the quad shotgun was invented by Phantasm. <laughs> Good day, sir. Good day. You ain't lived till you've seen an ice cream man with the quad shotgun. Are they four barrels in a row or two on top of two? Four in a row, cut <laughs> sawed off diagonally so it's like a spear. I'll get the hell out of here. Okay. <laughs> That's I... that, now that is Lightning Dog's material. <laughs> And I can say that the, the bullet storm one was just four barrels next to each other. And it would two, bifurcate people. Because two don't shoot far enough. Got to get four barrels on that thing. Got to only way to take care of goddamn lizard dispersal. people. Well, hey, lizard people ain't the problem. The problem is dwarves made out of compressed necrotic flesh and spheres with drills in them. All right. See, I was going for a scale watchers thing, and I'll, it just went right yeah. back to Phantasm. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> what have you guys so, been up to? Fell back into Skyrim. I've seen that. Yeah. Every I, every I'm sitting there working on things on my computer, and I just see the little Steam notification no, no. pop see, up. You're lying. You're not working on things. If you see me on Steam, that means you're on Steam too. No, Steam is just up in the background, <laughs> dude. It's called a pop-up. You, you can't lie. <laughs> I have three monitors, Doug. I have three monitors. I have a lot of and things they're all going for on. work. With Yo, air you, quotes. You got three monitors and the, the monitor lizards. Is that what you're saying, Larry? Monitor I, I gotta lizards? keep an I gotta keep an eye on them goddamn reptiles. No, and no, you you keeping them. I know about you. 
But I've, I've been having so much fun getting back into Skyrim that I've considered pitching to, to Tony and the rest of the stream team to let me stream it because I need to justify why I played it so much. I like starting new characters and I have my computer can handle all the new mods. So I'm like modding the hell out of it. And it's been a lot of fun. And uh, I got to stop. As it turns out, I know a guy at the stream team that could probably make that happen. Is it you? It is me. Oh. It is <laughs> excellent. <laughs> excellent. Uh, uh, if you're not familiar with the stream team, that's our Twitch channel. There's a button on top of Nerdy Show. It's what's twitch.tv. Nerdy Show slash Nerdy Show, right? Yep. Twitch.tv slash Nerdy Show. We stream every Thursday and Sunday. And, and potentially whenever Doug feels like. And whenever Doug feels like, or whenever any of us feels like. But I, two... I already downloaded that open source broadcaster. When the time is right, I'll, I'll be ready. I'm just <laughs> waiting you know, in the wings. Yeah, I'm like, I'm, these are the lies I tell myself. <laughs> so, but no, I would. I would it, it would be the Doug show. And it will be fart <laughs> all over again. I, I, That's the new character. Dude, you just said, you sealed the deal. That's the new character I'm going to make. And I'm going to. You have to talk in his voice the entire time. But I'm, what, but what, but what? class does he play like, i'm lost what's... is this a previously established joke of some yeah, kind when, way back when when it was still trench and tony uh doug had come over to join trench and i playing diablo 3 on my ps4 we also had hex over and the four of us were playing through the game hex was playing vmac that's uh-huh. the character name he named it you know and of course as he was playing he was doing vmac's voice and Doug, Doug created this character named Fart, but spelled P H A R R T. Yeah, so he would fart, and he would introduce everything like it was a journal entry. Yeah, I, 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 I only talked. I kind of, uh, I kind of stole your your shtick from uh, Pokeballs, where I was just narrating things as they were happening. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, dear diary, today I met three new friends, and they were wonderful. They treated me the way I always wanted, with respect and honor. And they're just like, fart, stop talking to yourself. I'm like. I'm writing my memoirs. <laughs> like, and it was this, sitting there like, you know, we would tell him to shut the fuck up. And then it turned out that VMAC was his dad. Yeah. The, I mean, my narration was off the charts and crazy. It was, it was to this day, one of the more entertaining games of Diablo three I've ever played. <laughs> <laughs> so, but what's, but what's his class? What's his race? Well, and what's his, uh, he's, he's a Nord barbarian. Of course he's a Nord barbarian. Fart. Yeah. Nord barbarian. I kind of pictured him more of like going to this mage school. Like Trust doing uh, doing like like the fire flame uh, like prepare your case the flames of fart <laughs> and I, I see the humor there but I also <laughs> your narration fits so much better with an up close and personal guy and getting in there and fighting people with a, with an axe yep we'll we'll, we'll talk and, about I this mean, more he'll, later he'll, he yeah. can still have magic he can still have yeah. magic it's because it's Skyrim yeah it doesn't actually make a difference what you choose really because you can train yourself yeah but he starts off I will follow in my father's footsteps. I'll have to make the shortest Nord ever. <laughs> and just the skinniest, shortest Nord with this like, hail there, Nord, fellow Nord. And he's, hello. <laughs> like, My name is Fark. It's <laughs> like, uh, greeting, you, fellow You look traveler. like an imperial milk drinker to me. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, sure. I, I Nord with the best of them. <laughs> this sounds like a good show. No, yeah, no. We got to make it happen. Um, that, yeah, I got and, plenty of other little characters. I made, I made a Khajiit character. As well, I'm going. I'm going off the rails. I'm sorry, guys. I've, I've no, hijacked that's, this whole that's what thing. you've been doing. You've yeah, been... yeah. But no, that'd be great. We'll have to do that, and uh, you can you just can ask me questions. As I narrate. No, we, we'll see if we can have the the rest of the stream team on for color commentary. As exactly, like watching like sport events. Like, oh, and there goes Fart. He's <laughs> oh, got the the thumb of power now. He's gonna foos Rodalum up, oh, and oh, he missed that one. Here comes the dragon. We we see no, we see Fart now talking to another one of the townspeople who used to be an adventurer like him until an arrow was placed in a very unfortunate spot. Let let's see if he can uh, end this conversation properly. Nope, he accidentally did the the he, he said 
Rodin. Rodin. Now the guards are all over him. Let's see him get. I don't know how Fart's going to sneak his way out of this one. Fart seems to not have the capacity to be silent and deadly. Unfortunately, he's got to take some lessons from the Dark Brotherhood on that one. He's got some some wet, nasty farts going on. See, he's enchanting a pair of boots there uh, to sneak through the Dark Brotherhood thing called Silent but Deadly. That's uh, he's picking up on it. He's he's learning. He thinks he's clever. He definitely thinks he's clever. Uh, This sounds like a great show. Um, (laughs) I'm sold. Steve does a great announcer voice. When he does, him and Dave both. Oh, get them both. Oh yes, get them both. (laughs) What days can we expect this to happen? I don't know. Figure it out. Coming soon to a theater near you. <laughs> to a stream, to a stream near you. Uh, this has got to happen somehow at the same time as us crunching to get lightning dogs out. So, yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Mm. yeah. Cap, why uh, are you gonna bring us down? Okay, so maybe. we'll we'll see what we can put together. Now I'll, I'll talk to the guys. I'll talk to the guys. See what we can do. Yeah, pitch them, pitch them the the, the, the trials the, of fart. <laughs> The far-reaching fallacies of fart. Oh, how about you, Tony? What, what lovely alliteration. I have been what Tony's normally do, which is work a disproportionate amount of time neglecting even... friends and family. Why are you even talking about that? It's not fun. No, it's not, but I have been attempting to. Cap, you and I socialized not too long ago. We did. We had a delicious we, we watched, meal. We watched a film. We I, I introduced you to Shane Black's Love Letter to the 70s and Exploitation Films. That is That is the joy that is the nice guys. Nice guys was a good time. I, I also got the opportunity to see T, uh, Kubo. I almost said Tito in the Two Strings, which is an entirely <laughs> different film. Uh, but it's I like saw... El Mariachi, but for kids. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Uh, <laughs> I did see. I saw it and w- fell absolutely in love with Laika's work, and because I always do, even the films that don't have the best story box trolls, I, I thoroughly enjoy <laughs> watching them work because it's j- it's breathtaking to watch their films and they truly have a passion for storytelling and for detail and there is no film that exemplifies this better than Kubo and the Two Strings because hmm. it is a film about telling stories and about legacy and about what that means and I was I absolutely adored it I have also been going through finally Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated Oh, I was I surprised to that. find out that it wasn't until our microsode on Scooby-Doo that Tony finally got kicked in the pants hard enough to check the show out I was shocked Yippee. that Tony Animation Fanatic Tony had not checked it out yet. And Animation Fanatic Tony has has dug all of the various new voice actor trivia that I picked up, like the fact that Hot Dog Water is voiced by Linda Cardellini, who plays not only Wendy on Gravity Falls, but was also the live-action Velma in the the two live-action films. Huh. So they brought that in. Didn't realize that. Yep. Wow. And, of course, Matthew Lillard reprising his role as Shaggy, as he has for the past few years since Casey Kasem stepped away from the role. And the fact that... I, I am still in awe that Frank Welker has been playing Fred Jones for damn near fifty years. It is that's a weird thing. It's a weird thing. It real. I mean, just the the idea that the same guy in the same role in every iteration, with the exception of a pup named Scooby Doo. <laughs> I didn't realize that. Yeah, Frank Welker has who also voices any number of animals that you have ever heard in the show anywhere. <laughs> Uh, is is Fred Jones. The national treasure. He actually is. He is legitimately like, hats off, salute the man. He's, he's fucking fantastic. <laughs> but I, I have also dug the other pop culture references that have shown up through the show. To those of you who may have seen the interior of the studio, Cap has a, a painting of two characters from Twin Peaks in the Red Room. And there is such a... 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Direct homage to that in Mystery Incorporated. To really? Oh, yeah. Including a character who speaks backwards. Huh. It's a it's, good show. It's a very good show. It, it is a... What, well, it Twin is, Peaks? Or, uh, <laughs> it's a good show. I, I, I know. <laughs> I will say, as much as I'm enjoying it, it is not quite the second coming of Scooby Christ. That I think it's the only coming of Scooby Christ, though. No, because I've enjoyed other Scooby films. I've enjoyed other Scooby stuff. Uh, I, I bought into it when I was younger. I, like Doug, enjoyed the, the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo with Scooby and, and Scrappy. I, I didn't hate Scrappy until I, I saw the live-action film, and then I kind of realized that Scrappy was a shitty character. Well, they made you hate him in that. It's like Yeah, but they all, I also kind of recognized where everybody else was coming from mm-hmm. at the same time. Mm-hmm. You ever see, because it's one of those things where you see a bit of pop culture that reminds you why the pop culture you've been consuming might not be as good as your rose-colored glasses might have made it look. Hard truth to Doug, anyone? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. <laughs> uh, but I've got about two episodes to go before I wrap it up. And I, it is a show well worth having watched. It sure is. Uh, oh, so I've, I've, add that to my list then. <laughs> Ever-growing list. Good news. It's only two seasons, and it's tw- it is twenty four episodes per season. But they're twenty minute episodes. They're twenty minute episodes. Nice. Okay. Cool. So it's and it's a finite story. It is a, it's got a beginning, a middle, and an end. And Lewis Black's in it, so you've got that to look forward to. Hmm. And Patrick Warburton. And Patrick, a as, lot of as, Patrick. As a Warburton. reoccurring character. Okay. Cool. Now, cool. could he, could he play uh, Halloween Jack? Uh, I hadn't pictured that voice coming out of Jack, but I kind of want it now. He's got that swagger. All right, sorry, off topic. Keep going, please. <laughs> I, I mean, that's that's a hole you're digging, Doug. I, we, we gotta we gotta hey. save these these critical lightning dogs conversations. I just was throwing for, it out there. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> like just we're talking voice actors. Well, geez, I, if only I could contribute somehow well, with something that well, you know. Last, oh, there, Glampire. Last community update we did, I shared a weird dream I had mm-hmm. featuring Leonardo DiCaprio, and apparently. Shortly after me doing that, Doug, you archived one of your own dreams that you've been you've been waiting for an opportunity to share since January. Yeah, and not even necessarily like I gotta share this with the fans, but more of just like I wanted to hear your Fart, get out of here. You're not on <laughs> until next week. <laughs> Fart early. <laughs> like it's, uh, anyway, I kind of just wanted to get your interpretation. Okay, more more so, more so than just your reaction with that thought because this was surprisingly dark. Hmm. Was what this was. I don't remember what was happening at the time. I may have been watching a lot of sci-fi movies because this is a science fiction sort of dream, and I often dream very cinematic things. But uh, I, I wrote it down. I'm going to read it to you as I as I wrote it after I woke up. So you know, if you're ready, here we go. Wait, I'm not. I'm not ready. No, go ahead, please. Okay, you're sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. All right. Wait. Okay. Okay. I was on a large, modernish space vehicle, similar to the one that was seen in The Martian, but bigger, with a crew of maybe 100. 
The ship had a centrifuge which gave gravity to some parts, but I was a volunteer for an experiment on the ship where I and a handful of others were staying awake in the zero-g portion of the ship for as long as possible. We were testing to see the effects of lack of sleep in a zero-g environment. The ship was on a mission to rendezvous with a ship similar to the Discovery from 2001, which was currently in orbit around the moon. We were given a huge selection of music and films to pass the time, but we had no clocks, and communicating with anyone outside the experiment was against the rules. We were free to walk away any time to return to our normal duties, but everyone was gung-ho and nobody wanted to be the first person to quit. After the experiment started, one guy floated over to the music player and put on Indigata da Vida. <laughs> <laughs> Baby. It only gets weirder from here. Oh, the, the space madness begins. Yeah, oh, yes, exactly. <laughs> Later, when it was my turn, I put on a David Bowie CD that didn't exist in reality. The oh, so it was the David Bowie CD reality from 2003. No, this album didn't exist. Did, did, did not exist. The you can't cover. Bring up Bowie around cap. It was a CD, so I'm looking at the CD cover. The CD cover has a picture of Bowie circa Aladdin Sane, but with his Life on Mars turquoise makeup while wearing an Apollo-era spacesuit minus the helmet on a stark white background. With no real Sounds way- Sounds like a Bowie album cover. Yeah, it does, yeah. So with no real way to tell the passage of time and nothing but blackness to look out through the small windows, we found ourselves getting disoriented and dizzy. Several times, I and some of the other people had to leave the area, which was kind of like a galley, and wait by the elevators to clear our heads. We eventually got used to it. Discovery eventually came into view. This meant that we had made it into orbit around the moon. It had been several days since the experiment started when we left Earth's orbit. The Discovery was actually one of two identical ships. As we passed alongside it, broadside, I made a comment of how I thought it was a little creepy to picture that ship moving through space by itself, since it was empty like that. I quickly backpedaled and apologized, saying that that was a mean comment, since it did have a crew, but they were frozen in hypersleep. It was considered rude to dismiss or forget about the crew like that. <laughs> <laughs> Not only do you are you in space, but you know space etiquette. Exactly. We then came upon its sister ship, which was facing us directly. We could also see the lunar surface come into view. It was awe-inspiring, but we soon noticed that the left side of the sister ship was heavily damaged. Full-suited astronauts were dead, floating around in a heavy debris field. Some debris and bodies had fallen and scattered across the surface of the moon. We were collectively horrified. We knew that we were constantly being monitored because of the experiment, so I immediately started speaking into my wrist monitor, stating the emergency that I was witnessing. We weren't getting a response. We were glued to the window. Unable to comprehend what would cause such an epic disaster, that's when we noticed movement on the lunar surface. Our pod, or section of our ship, was constantly in rotation, so we only had 10 or so seconds to look at anything. But since we were not spinning fast enough for gravity, depending on the angle, we could watch for longer or for a shorter amount of time. When we could see again, we got a closer look at the lunar surface. Among the debris, hundreds of astronauts in slightly more advanced suits, secret government-issued type, were moving through the wreckage with weapons, systematically and methodically killing strange creatures, ignoring the bodies of the astronaut that had fallen alongside them. As I continued to describe what I was seeing for the record, I saw creatures that looked like three different species of crabs. They varied slightly, but they were about the sizes of small to mid-sized dogs. They reminded me of crabs, some with and without shells, and other small shell animals that you'd find digging into the sand at the beach. They'd emerge from the dust as an astronaut death squad approached them in formation, then scuttle away as fast as they could. This was confusing since none of them were putting up a fight. Perhaps they were not the real targets, or perhaps the humans didn't know what they were looking for or what the real danger was. 
maybe they were dangerous and we just didn't see how. <laughs> I then saw what looked like thousands of octopus slash giant squid beaks poking out of the lunar dust, just waiting for prey. As astronauts would walk along them without noticing, the beaks would effortlessly snip the astronauts' feet off at the ankles. The men and women would flail helplessly and fall to the ground to be painfully consumed as their suits leaked blood and oxygen into the light gray lunar dust. We finally started getting responses with radio saying that everything was under control and that the sleep experiment was over. We asked if they were seeing what we were seeing, but they wouldn't acknowledge. We all looked to each other, realizing we were now part of a cover-up. <laughs> the government would try to deny everything, and they had the perfect excuse for, what, for why we saw what we accidentally saw. One of the teams stated that this was obvious. Would they ever believe us? We hadn't slept in seven days! We rushed out of the experiment area and we were met with several superior officers and a dozen regular crewmen who cheered us for finishing the experiment and acted like nothing was wrong. They even teased us a little. Get back to work, you lazy bums. Can't volunteer to skip work detail anymore. Obviously, the crew had no idea what was happening and my team and I silently shared looks. We knew what we saw. The moon had hostile life and Earth just found out at great cost. Or perhaps we imagined it all? Either way, this was something we weren't supposed to see and we were scared shitless to talk about it. Doug, fuck your dreams. That was really good. That was I good lived dream. it. <laughs> fuck my, you fuck my dreams? I lived that shit. It was terrifying. Of course it was. It was a horrifying nightmare. You wanted interpretations of that? It seems pretty straightforward. What? Well, I mean, that's the narrative. I don't. Yeah, there's a narrative, but why? I think we, I think we just found Space Boy's backstory. <laughs> <laughs> it's seldom, unless it presents itself to you, I don't, I don't really see the point in asking why when your subconscious hands you a perfectly good uh, cinematic experience like that wise well just what does it mean to me what is it uh you know is it, it means um... no more pizza before bed <laughs> that's exactly that's what, what it means. means yes exactly what it means <laughs> you don't need those green peppers you just go to bed <laughs> and you're not you're not a fan of crabs oh no the crab the crab things were the or ones calamari. that were actually they were they were uh, scampering away yeah what you don't they like the real bad guys the you bad don't... guys were the beak ones the beak uh, freaks the... no tentacles though it was just the beaks poking up it was almost like uh uh those uh sea creatures that live near the volcanoes underwater like the live off of the heat the from, tubes yeah the tube things that they pop out of the tube and just have those beak things on them mm. it's kind of like that yeah weird yeah i mean that was a great dream very cinematic so it's good when you thing. get a film quality one yeah mine tend to be more meandering mist-like experiences <laughs> <laughs> tony dreams uh Nightmares? i i all mine are like deeply personal and hurtful okay oh wow like where where my brother doesn't want to talk to me anymore mm. and so i you, keep you, trying to get in touch with him and he ignores me that's that's that would you say like so if i say like what's the worst nightmare you ever had that wasn't necessarily psychologically I I, scarring i don't have psychologically scarring i just have deeply emotionally troubling dreams mm. where it's like oh yeah family doesn't last forever death comes for us all well that's a bummer I was hoping maybe you'd say Frankenstein was chasing me. <laughs> that, that's an important reminder. Just gotta gotta keep it real. Keep yourself grounded, Tony. Yes, I, I will stay in my delight. I, I will put on a bold front of optimism while secretly being dead inside. <laughs> Hooray! See that's see with that you should say the mummy was after you, dead inside, <laughs> chasing after you. <laughs> yeah, I, but when I think of the mummy, I think of all these great quotes from one of the greatest Indiana Jones films. You think, of Billy, you, you, you think of Billy Zane, even though Billy Zane wasn't in The Mummy, it was Odette Fair. I don't think of Billy Zane. I think of Odette Fair. Because I know, <laughs> I know who Odette Fair is. And I think of, look who's got all the horses! Look who's on the wrong side of the river! <laughs> and the, one of my, there, are, there are some lines from that film that continue to just stick with me, such as... Does he curse? Every, every goddamn day. Every damn day. <laughs> that killed in theaters, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. No, absolutely, no that It's a good line. I love do it. You, no, it's do you swear. 
Do you swear? Yeah. Every damn swear? day. Every damn day. And do you have any last requests? Yeah. Loosen the knot and let me go. <laughs> and he, the, the guy looks up like, should I do that? <laughs> and just that moment of like, no, no, you shouldn't. I said Billy Zane and it's actually Odette Fair. That shows how little I remember the movie because it wasn't Odette Fair. Odette Fair was the other guy. Arnold Vosloo was the mummy. Yes, he was. Yeah. So I, even I fucked that up. No, but Odette Fair was in the film. No, I'm so saying he was, but he wasn't hey, the mummy. He oh, was... you were thinking of Arnold. Oh, you were thinking of Arnold Vosloo. Yeah, exactly. Remember that one time that the mummy was good? Yeah, that one time. Everybody, and the only reason to say because everyone thought Billy Zane was the mummy, but it was, it was Arnold Vosloo. Did you know? One... Did you know the the, re, the rebooting of the mummy? Yeah. Do you know who's in it? No. Tom fucking Cruise. What? I shit you not. Tom Cruise no. is no, in because, the remake of the mummy. No, and and here's why. Do you know why they're remaking the mummy? Because they want to have a, a Universal Monster Cinematic Universe. Yes. yes. Beginning Which with is Dracula terrible. Untold, I believe. Yes. And then Dracula the, the Untold, Frankenstein the thing. Victor Frankenstein with Harry Potter and Professor X. <laughs> but yeah, Tom Cruise and Russell Crowe. What? My God. I liked the. Here. <laughs> okay, so oh, I. No. Oh, no. I was reading the cast list. Guess. Oh, no. You're talking about the monster universe? Guess who Russell Crowe is playing? You're not going to guess. I'm just going to tell you. Dr. Henry Jekyll. Oh, God. That is actually really good casting. For him, sure. But, I mean, like, just... No, I know. They're, 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 they're mixing they're... the shit together before they even have established things. But oh, you know boy. what? I, I'm down with it because... And I... the mummy? The mummy is Sophia Batella? Okay. The one thing that I thought was kind of interesting when they first spoke about the Universal Monsters cinematic... Universally having them go up against Abbott and Costello again, only doing the modern day Abbott and Costello, which is going to be Key and Peel. No, the the, uh, the only way I'll accept this, all these monsters working together, is if they tie it into Ash versus the Evil Dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I thought that they were going to be using the Brendan Fraser Mummy universe as a launching point. I thought, cool. oh, that was kind of that's kind of neat because they already have a lot of mythology built there, such as it is. Yeah. An interesting move for them, but since they're, like, reinventing that from scratch as well... I'm and also... I would love to see Brendan Fraser try and kill little Dracula. It, and I'm going to point out, it just occurred to me that the Mummy franchise, such as it is, that Brendan Fraser Mummy franchise, is seven films. What? Three? Oh, no, don't count the Scorpion. Please I have don't. to. No, no, no. Doug, that counts. I'll allow <laughs> no! it. No, no. Especially since the Scorpion King is one of the reasons why we have The Rock as a blockbuster star today. I would. <sighs> it is Doug. You gotta. You because gotta remember back when where we were back then. <laughs> Look, when he was doing press for Scorpion King, he was still The Rock. Right. And he was still performing interviews as I The Rock. I think The Rundown was his breakout, though. The Rundown no, that was supposed to be, but then like four people saw that movie in theaters. What? what are you talking about? That was that movie made a ton of money. It was they no, were talking it, about making a sequel for a while, and they're they still talking about making a sequel. But they didn't. And look at how many Fast and Furious films we've had. Right, but also look at, look how, at how many, many Scorpion Rundown King films there were without The Rock. But look at how many Rundown films we had. Eh, I'll take one great one over three shitty ones. Well, you got one slightly above average one. The Rundown was fun. You know what I think they were going to call the sequel to The Rundown there, Doug? What? I think they were going to call it The Wrap-Up. So, Cap, why don't we go ahead and, and, and wrap this up? Oh, thank you. Thank cold, you. Thank you very ice, much. Cold as ice! <laughs> you have no heart, Tony. So this Dogtober, look forward to Lightning Dogs. Follow Lightning Dogs at Lightning underscore Dogs on Twitter. We're on Facebook as well. We're on pretty much all social media with Lightning Dogs. And we will be unveiling new character art once a week at an increasing rate as we grow closer to, to knowing exactly what date we're going to debut. 
at the very least, it's going to be on Halloween. So the stuff's uh, been buried in the backyard for long enough. We're unearthing it, and we're gonna we're gonna present it. Yeah, to you. we're really we're really excited for it. So many dog puns, and you guys. and also also book club as soon as humanly possible. And I guess that's it. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you back next week with a completely normal episode of Nerdy Show, which is to say that it could go in any direction. You never know what happens. It's Nerdy Show. It's crazy. So and Tony won't be there. Tony won't be there. No Tony. But uh, hey, before we go got an obligatory statement we have to make but one that deserves to be made because otherwise we would cease to exist we would literally fade out of existence nerdy show and the entire nerdy show network is 100 percent listener supported fan funded so if you're listening to nerdy show loving nerdy show even a dollar makes a world of difference we've got a bunch of different ways you can contribute we've got them all listed at nerdyshow.com support you can do a one-time donation you can shop through our Amazon portal anytime you buy something on Amazon, including a lot of the movies and stuff that we mentioned in this episode. If you follow our Amazon links, then you give back to Nerdy Show. It's super easy to do. It's super convenient. And then the biggest, best way that you can help financially is to subscribe to us on Patreon. And at even a dollar, you get cool stuff like early release episodes and a bunch of bonus content. So you can find all those things at nerdyshow.com support. And if you're looking for a way to contribute that doesn't involve any money whatsoever, please, please, please tell a friend, someone who cares about your opinion being told by you about how great Nerdy Show is, will certainly do more than us just screaming into the void. <laughs> and um, also, if you got the time, rating and reviewing us on iTunes would be a super big help. To find out how to do that, go to nerdyshow.com slash spread the word. Give us a five-star rating, and if you have a little bit of time, Shoot us a review, even if it's just, Nerdy Show is great. Anyway, taking us out, since we've been talking about dreams, like uh, the dreamlike narrative of phantasm, you know, like actual dreams, uh, the dreamlike narrative of phantasm, or the fever dream that is lightning dogs, or, or how dreamy the rock is, uh, let's listen to a new song from the steampunk vaudeville band Steam Power Giraffe's brand new record, Quintessential. This is Dream Machine. You can hear this track and many, many more from our online nerd music radio station at nerdy.fm. I can see, I can see across the crowds A sea of clouds and unseen dreams They're screaming loud But how they dance on second glance they're smiling proud But they're all left unseen la da 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 la da da da
songs or darkening thoughts No, don't you dare But here they come and here they'll stay Multiply until our dying day Who needs sleep anyway? Build them a listening to nerdy show if you like what you heard please rate and review us on itunes or like and follow us on soundcloud as listeners supported entertainment we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the nerdy show network alive by telling a friend or funding the network via patreon any size contribution can get you exclusive outtakes episodes and images from across the network and there's even more perks available just head to patreon.com slash nerdy show to find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other nerdy show programming Visit nerdyshow.com slash sponsorships. You can subscribe to Nerdy Show via iTunes and or SoundCloud. Leave a comment, like and share, and follow Nerdy Show on all your favorite social networks. For more podcasts, articles, community forums, and other awesomeness, visit nerdyshow.com. If it's geeky, we got it covered. Go Harley! Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.